Alrighty, there we are. Hello, you are listening to Action Line on KINY. I'm your host, Jordan Lewis, and joining me in this studio today, I have Madam Mayor Beth Weldon. How are you doing today? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing good. You know, I'm a bit more awake than I would usually be. That's probably yeah. from the very early morning exercise, but it's good for me. So yeah, uh, you had a bit of a trek this morning. You I said. did. It was that. It was two miles at three fifty in the morning. Yeah, good for you. I'm sure that uh, all kinds of things can be seen in the dark with a headlamp. Well, I did. I had to shoo away two porcupines with my headlamp. Be like, guys, I gotta. I have things I need to do. You gotta get out of my way. Perfect, and I hope you enjoyed donuts for ducks also. I did enjoy a donut here and there that kept, I, I viewed it as I had earned the donut at that point. I was like, I uh, Absolutely, two miles you get a donut. So, well, we um, are have a meeting on Monday, assembly meeting that starts at seven o'clock, and uh, I'll just jump right in. And on the consent agenda, we have a resolution amending the accessory apartment grant incentive program, and where we are with this one is we're changing the 6000 to 13 15500 and we're asking that people not do short-term rentals for at least five years. But um, the reason I'm um, saying this because it's on the consent agenda, but I've already heard people might want to testify, so it'll be probably pulled to public hearing. So if you want to testify on that, you'll be able to testify on that under public hearing. Um, uh, our final public hearing thing will be a little bit more organized because we'll put the airport stuff all together because we kind of jump around on this on the draft one and that's what we're working off right now but the first ordinance is appropriating $134,000 for the design phase of the ramp improvements capital improvement project and this is uh, funding from the FAA so just ramp improvements at the airport um, we also have an ordinance appropriating 60000 Dollars to the manager for the Mount Bradley Trail Reroute and Restoration pro, uh, pro, Project, excuse me, and this is to relocate and reconstruct the Mount Jumbo Trail from Savico Park to the Treadwell Ditch. That was one I had circled to get a bit more out of you on that one. Um, I don't know a heck of a lot about that because Trail Mix um, is doing that. I do know that uh, Treadwell uh, Ditch is one of my favorite trails to walk. So if you haven't walked Treadwell Ditch, it's an awesome trail, very historical, follows the, um, well, the ditch um, that came from Lake Cropley in the olden days to bring water down to the Treadwell Mines for hydroelectric power. So we were using hydroelectric power even back then, and my grandpa was involved with that. So uh, it's kind of like walking in my granddad's footsteps, and it's a great trail. So, um, But anyway, there's different uh, routes to get up to Treadwell Ditch, and this is one of those. And so um, they'll be working on that one. So, And I know that they're also, I think, working on one of the bridges up there, but they do a lot of work so thank you for trail mix for keeping that trail going because it's a great trail um, and then we kind of have we have a weird one we have an ordinance appropriating two million dollars to the manager for child care programs and grants um, funding provided by the state of Alaska we're actually going to pull that but we did public uh, notice of it already but the grant paperwork um, is not quite here so uh, even though it's on our agenda it's actually going to get pulled <laughs> before oh. we even get to it so, so hopefully you didn't have that circled I unfortunately I did have that circled since I know a lot of folks are always asking about what are we doing to tackle child care so I did have it circled yeah. for that reason well that's one of the things that uh, we are doing but we'll talk about that next month um, anyway and then we have an ordinance appropriate $850,000 to the manager for the Hank Harmon rifle range improvements and this will provide a series of safety accessibility and longevity improvements 
maintenance that will address some deferred maintenance needs. Um, if people aren't familiar with that, that is our rifle range, and um, they do a lot of uh, hunter safety there, uh, especially for kids. So. Um, we're always happy to see um, that improve. So, um, and that's out Montana Creek. If you didn't know where that was, if you're interested in um, working with your rifles, I was gonna say that's out. You know, like say you were on like back loop, sort of like say you were going like to West Glacier Shell, that kind of direction. That's that's what yeah. I thought. Okay. It's in the Montana Creek subdivision. Instead of heading to the right to Skater's Cabin, you go left and you it, you follow it there. And if you keep going left, that's the Montana Creek Trail, which is also a nice trail. See, we're getting to talk about trails. I love trails. <laughs> they are nice. They are very nice. <laughs> yes, we have a lot of great trails around here. And then we have an ordinance appropriating 347000 to the manager as funding for round two of the Healthy and Equitable Communi- Communities Grant. And this grant pr- is provided by the Alaska Department of Health, and it basically improve is designed to improve health outcomes for high-risk and underserved Alaskas, Alaskans. So this is going to be split up between um, some employee mental health training at CCFR, um, a CCFR response fan modification, uh, community health needs assessment, uh, parks and recs use uh, shelter, and the warming shelter. So that will split all that money up. And okay. then we have an ordinance appropriating $1.7 million to the manager for construction phase of the Gate 5 passenger boarding bridge. So this is the gate that no one uses at the airport that we're finally getting I was gonna say. to uh, work on. So you never get to go out left to the last gate because it needs improving. So this will replace it because um, right now it's inoperable. So uh, that will open up another gate at the airport. And how long has that been inoperable for? Because I, can, I can't recall time that gate was ever used uh according to my sheet 21 years which i wouldn't yeah. be able to tell you off the top of my head but <laughs> yeah so almost as long as i've been alive that gate has yeah. not been open okay and i remember when we were younger we used to go out it um but uh it hasn't been for a long long time so uh yep that will fix that gate and uh hopefully uh we can move airplanes around a little faster and then we have an ordinance appropriating up to $19 million for the manager for the construction phase of the ramp improvements, capital improvement project. So you just saw money for design, and this is the actual improvements of the major ramp. So where all the big airplanes, and uh, they'll have to jostle things around there a little bit and uh, to do that, but uh, um, they'll get on that. And that funding comes from the Federal Aviation Administration, or FAA, so... I, say, I um, saw the FAA was involved with a lot of those, yeah. which does, does kind of lead me to the question. Is these, I'm assuming these are all kind of largely part of the push to do a lot of improvements to the airport because obviously we've been tackling the parking lot. And then even since I've come back to June, I noticed there's been the expansion of the internal terminal. So is that really the objective of a lot of these ordinances is just to improve our airport? Well, improve our airport and keep it functioning very well. And... Um, uh, thankfully, we have a great board. Al Clow is our chair, and we have a great airport manager with Patty Watto. She is an expert at finding funny funding. She's just amazing the pockets of money that she finds to fund these because she's the one that finds these grants from FAA and makes things happen. So um, 
uh, that's great news for us that she can do that. So, and uh, I just got to spend time with her, but we'll talk about that a, hopefully a little bit at the end of that when we got to visit with the secretary. But so, but we'll keep plowing on for this. So um, then we have an ordinance appropriating two hundred eighty thousand dollars for the manager for the safe streets for all, and this funding would be used to conduct a full road safety analysis, taking inventory of all previous crashes, historical trends, conditions, severity of injuries, and um, some community and partner input. So I'm sure they'll be talking to the fire department a lot on this and figuring out uh, where some of those places are. So That, that was among my circled ones because I was, I could see, since that is going to be in the public section, I can imagine folks will probably bring up, you know, the intersection right by Fred Meyer. I know a lot of folks have always expressed concerns about that one. So I would actually say I'd be surprised if that didn't come up. Yeah, I'm sure that intersection will come up, but it is not our deadliest intersection. I believe that's McNugget. But um, intersections throughout the whole nation and probably the world are where accidents happen. But we do have some other little stretches of highway where we have uh, accidents happen. Uh, the S-Turves on North Douglas, um, if you're not familiar with those, they can ice up weirdly. Um, so we get crashes there. Um, on Sunny Point, as you go up the hill, that can get icy in the shade because that's one of the last places that uh, is shaded. And um, the road, Glacier Highway by Ock Lake, that's also a shaded area. So you can be coming off the hill or coming around the corner and you hit black ice that you weren't expecting because everything else was sunny and dry and then that's a weird place. So those are the ones off the top of my head I can think about. But uh, um, And we'll be coming into those times pretty soon. So people will have to be watching for black ice. Gotcha. And that's the importance of the public period there. We can... There can be more brought up than you and I can think of off the top of our heads. Because I know the Fred Meyer one is the one that I always hear stuff about. Yep. And that's certainly been in the news quite a bit lately. So, yep. Um, and then we have an ordinance authorizing the manager to convey approximately 3,000 square feet um, to property located adjacent to 11260 North Douglas Highway. So, this is just... Uh, uh, a couple asked for some property to do some uh, work on their property and uh, we're gonna uh, likely make that happen and then we have an ordinance authorizing Eagle Crest ski area to enter into our franchise agreement with uh, the Morgans doing business as Putman's pub for beer and wine sales oh. and uh, because of the weird conveyance that Eagle Crest has set up they have to go into a franchise agreement they just can't contract to do um, beer and wine sales so um, just a little bit weird thing to do but overall the idea is to have beer and wine of course up at e the Eagle Crest ski area during the winter so well it is, it is marketed as a resort now we are going to move into our break when we come back I'll maybe ask you a bit more in depth about some of these things then we'll talk about the Secretary of Transportation's visit you are listening to Action Line on KINY back with more action line on KNY. Joining me in the studio still, I have Madam Mayor Beth Weldon. Now, during the first half of the show, we went over all of what's going to be in the public hearing portion of the agenda, but there's a couple other big things that happened, and I think the most notable one of recent is actually that the Secretary of Transportation was in town on Wednesday. Oh, you weren't brave enough, were you, Jordan? <laughs> Secretary Buttigieg. <laughs> See, now you struggle, too. I can say Buttigieg just fine. No, it's Jidge. It's not Judge. He he told me Jidge. Well, then <laughs> I can speak wrongly yes. with confidence. No, I, I said that to him. I said, is that close? He said, you're right on. So very, very nice man. Very intelligent. Very articulate. Um, 
course, all things transportation, and he got the full Southeast experience. That he did, which I thought was the perfect way to do the the social media thing. It's like, yeah, he was going to catch a flight to Haynes, and that didn't happen, so he did what all of us have done for decades, just take the ferry instead. <laughs> he was lucky he found a ferry, so, um, but just if we had a road... We, he wouldn't have had to worry about any of that, so I'll put my plug in for Jitto Access. Um, but uh, we got to talk to him about a lot of things. Um, uh, so several of us from the city were there. Um, we had Rory Watt and Katie Kester and Carl Yucatel, our port director, and um, we also had Patty Watto from the airport. Um, so we could all say stuff about the airport, um, stuff about infrastructure in general, because that's his background, and of course transportation. Um, so, and our big co- topic, of course, with him was our uh, North Douglas Crossing. Um, he helped us get a grant for 17 million. So the 17 million there from that raise grant, and also the seven million that Senator Murkowski helped us get from the. Um, CDS congressional designated spending it used to be called the earmarks um, have will get us all the way to construction phase so that should get us all the way through design so we're pretty excited about that we're very thankful for him and um, we even he even got to taste some of our local IPs in town so I was gonna say I did yeah. see someone ask a question one day if he got some good food and things down here so if he got some IPAs I think that counts yeah so the the mayor might have snuck some uh, beer into him so he could taste a couple of the IPAs he's an IPA guy <laughs> oh that'll be watch that stir some manner of controversy be like how could he just be an IPA guy he's got to have more than just that <laughs> yeah so anyway that was kind of fun and like I said uh, uh, very very uh, smart guy um and it was just a pleasure to talk with him so and of course senator murkowski always good to see here because she was with him i still need to get in touch with her now that i have this job last time i talked with her when i was it was when i was in high school yep she's a smart lady and she'll probably remember your name she's very impressive with names she might and for that same reason she might not talk to me yeah (laughs) (laughs) oh there's more to that story i can tell she was uh, at alaska municipal league too so we got to see her there so Gotcha. Well, the next topic I have that you and I kind of talked about before we started the show today is rock and waste. There we go. So having to do with the flood response, remember, um, if you're interested or have questions or um, concerns about anything to do with the flood response on our homepage, we have a big red button that says flood response, hit that button, or you can email floodresponse at geno.gov. So where we are with the waste, and thank you for waste management, um, we... uh, um, they did help us out, and they even brought a team up to help us uh, deal with some of that debris. So um, we've already done one collect- round of collection from the neighborhoods, picking up uh, uh, debris that they place in the right-of-way, um, and we will do another round for construction and demolition waste. And if you haven't uh, got any uh, contact with the city yet, again, reach out to floodresponse at geno.org if you're one of those properties that was affected so we can make sure that we can help with your debris. So what's happening is we're picking it up and we're keeping track of it and the city should be reimbursed um, hopefully from the um, state or FEMA money um, for that collection. So that wouldn't be on the homeowners. Um, And then we can talk about rock, but my news is not good. Um, So the rock is it's 
um, people are saying that there's a royalty fee. It is not a royalty fee. It's an operating fee. And this uh, fee is used for site development, management, and permitting compliance. And even if we could waive the fee, which is very difficult to do to waive for just some people because we really try to be equitable, um, the cost of the rock is set by the contractor, and there's no way for us to track which rock goes for what project. So even if we said, okay, we'll try and help you with this, the contractor does the rock. So we, we don't know which rock is going to which contract. And we have no way also of knowing if the waiver even makes it to the consumer because we pay the contractor to do the rock. So if we don't, uh, if it might not get to the consumer, it would just get to the contractor. So that's not something that we're probably going to be able to help out with. And I know that's uh, pretty tough on everybody because I've seen the rock work being done and I know how much rock work is and it's very, very expensive. So, And I just want to shout out to a young man doing a lot of the work and that's Cole Cheeseman. Good, good on you, Cole, for being out there and helping all these folks. Gotcha. And then now that it's come to my my attention, because I've talked with Wade a bit about it, I also know that the Disaster Assistance Center will be opening up on Monday. Could you talk to me a little bit about that? Um, sure. So we have uh, the Disaster Assistance Center, and this is for individuals and families with damaged primary residents. Um, uh, so in person at the center will be Manhall Valley Library, and it's going to be uh, three days, Monday, August 21st from noon to 7, Tuesday, August 22nd from 9 to 7, and Wednesday, August 23rd from 9 to 1. So you can on, do online or telephone registration at ready.alaska.gov slash IA or call 844-445-7131 or go to the CBJ website and hit the red button and you can get that information because that's pretty fast to say. Yes. I just want to make sure we put that out there again. We've been talking about the last couple of days. But it's very, I feel like it's important that we bring that up. Yep. Speaking so. of other important things to bring up that I'm getting my, uh, some of my scheduling around, Obviously, we have the elections are coming up in October, which also means you got to make sure you're ready to get your ballots. Yeah, so uh, hopefully people have registered to vote by now, and uh, the ballot should be mailed September 14th. Um, and if you like to vote at the voting center like I do, um, you can avoid the lines, and the, ba- the voting centers will be open up as of September 18th. And we're still working on to see how many voting centers uh, we're going to stand up yet. Um, I think we had two last year, and I think we are trying to talk the clerks into um, doing a couple more, and we'll see if they could get the uh, resources to do that. So a lot of that is just people to staff the vote centers. So if you want to work at the vote centers, uh, please get in touch with our clerks um, because uh, and the easiest way is city.clerk at geno.gov. Um, if you want to work at any of these places because to make them happen we need people to work for them and it's not our normal staff it's pretty much volunteers although you do get paid so Um, and just want to remind everybody that when you do vote um, this is different than the state and federal elections Um, you can vote for everybody so if you live in district one you vote for district two if you live in district two you can vote for district one and everybody can vote for the area-wide seats and this year on the area-wide you get to vote for two so just remind everybody you can vote for everybody and on the area-wide you can vote for two so 
Um, I don't want anybody to leave anything blank if they can help it. <laughs> no, of course, we don't want anyone to leave blank. We want to make sure people feel involved in the process. And I was, did want to get your quick opinion on it. I think it's quite good and interesting that there's a lot of candidates for that area-wide this year. Um, there's always good to have different choices, so um, I'm not sad to see that. Um, I know last election we talked about that um, a little bit, and that we had three seats and they were all unopposed. And why it's nicer to run unopposed? It's you know it's nice to have the public to have a choice. Yeah. So, and I think um, and I think you hit it right there with you know, making sure there is that diversity of ideas in there because I mean the two area wides they're going to be new people regardless so you're already going to get new perspective there I think it's just because people like having the ability to choose so by having so many candidates running there it gives them a lot of options yep and campaigning it can be a lot of hard work so I just want to uh, say kudos to all the candidates that put their name out there so it can be pretty stressful to put yourself out there so I appreciate anybody uh, willing to put their name out there as a candidate. Yes, and I'm slowly but surely getting all of the candidates booked for action. And I'm sure some of them have heard that. And I will say this now. Yes, I am going to email you. It's just going to take me a sec to get them all figured out here. I've got two booked and scheduled now. Just got to get my general standardized questions prepared. And we're thankful for that for you, Jordan, because it, I listen to those and I get a lot of information from those interviews. So, um, yep. So find your, the candidate that uh, best aligns with you and usually they don't align with you on everything that's just the way it goes but um i mean if you want as i've always said if you want someone to align with you 100 percent, then you better run <laughs> <laughs> all righty and with that we will wrap up action line thank you for coming on today always a pleasure jordan all righty you've been listening to action line on kiny